0: This is the Horse Radio Network.
1: Greetings, everyone. Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily, episode 1408, brought to you today by Wintech Saddles. Today's tip is an excerpt from the Horses in the Morning podcast here on Horse Radio Network. Show co-hosts Glenn and Jamie are joined by Dr. Brian Burke, of Fox Run Equine Center, and they're going to have a little chat about equine Cushing's disease. It causes a lot of consternation for a lot of people, so tune in, and we're going to get right to our tip after we hear from Wintech Saddles. <music> Wintech has been combining world leading innovations and high tech materials into lightweight, weatherproof, easy care saddles for over 20 years, so it's easy to see why Wintech is the world's number one synthetic saddle brand. The comprehensive Wintech range offers not only cutting edge designs, but new standards in fit, comfort, and performance. Benefits for both you and your horse. For example, wide fit is no worry now, with the Wintech 2000 All Purpose and Wintech Pro models now available in wide fit. And what about our much loved off the track thoroughbreds and their famously tough to fit high withers? WinTech has them covered too with the WinTech 2000 high wither model. I might mention right here that I've ridden in the WinTech 2000 all-purpose saddle for years. The seat is just deep enough for a comfortable secure fit and the grippy seat means full seat breeches are an option, not a necessity. Plus, it's well balanced so legs and seat stay where they should. Check out the entire Wintech line of saddles at wintech-saddles.com or visit your local retailer and sit in one today.
2: Hi, Dr. Burke. How are you?
0: Good. How are you?
2: Fantastic. Where are we? You're You're in Pennsylvania?
0: Pennsylvania, about 25 miles outside of Pittsburgh.
2: Okay. And, and is it the, am I, is this right? The fun run equine center?
0: Fox run equine center.
2: Fox. I knew it wasn't fun, run. I was like, that has to be a misprint in my, in my notes here. I'm like, I I think most of
0: my clients don't find it fun when they have to visit me.
2: No, absolutely not. The Fox run equine center in Apollo, Pennsylvania. Okay. Gotcha. Well, we're going to talk to you a little bit about uh, Cushing's disease. So I guess kind of give everybody the reader's digest version of what Cushing's disease is.
0: So Cushing's disease, um, strictly speaking, is a human disease. It was originally described by Dr. Harvey Cushing in 1932, and it involved the pituitary and the... uh hypothalamus but what we know now is that it involves a different part of the pituitary gland in the horse it doesn't involve the same part and we don't get all of the same things that happen although it is similar it's not the same things for instance horses don't really have problems with the adrenal gland whereas people and dogs do get problems with the adrenal gland based on the pituitary Um, so the pituitary gland sits underneath the brain it's not really part of the brain exactly but it sits underneath the brain and it gets some input from the hypothalamus above it. And what happens is the hypothalamus, over time, loses its ability to produce dopamine. And dopamine is what controls the, the uh, hypothalamus and makes it do what it's supposed to. do. So when you lose that control, you get all kinds of interesting things that happen.
2: Wait, wait, wait. Um, what is it supposed to do?
0: Well, so it is supposed to mm-hmm. help keep everything in regulation. Okay. Um, our growth, our metabolism, et cetera. It, it's kind of the control center for all the glands throughout the body. Okay. If you will. So um, without it, we don't do well. Um, so.
2: So th- we that starts to malfunction, okay. So you think what? Sorry. That's
0: Yeah, so that starts to malfunction. But we think that it actually starts in much younger animals. So typically we see the disease show up in teenagers or so. Um, but we think it probably starts much younger, probably from free radicals that damage the hypothalamus over time. And so there, it's a gradual onset of symptoms, and most people don't even realize it's happening. When I talk to somebody, they'll say, oh, yeah, well, his coat's always looked that way since he was two.
2: Mm. Probably
0: not. Um, but it just is so insidious, it makes you think that. It's very easy to to think that. So I encourage people to take pictures of their horse, at least on an annual basis, and compare. Right. What did they look like? Um, so we get a whole bunch of things that get released. Um, and, yeah, there are all these acronyms, which I won't go into on the radio. But um, the biggest thing is that um, we end up with clinical signs of these older horses, They are hirsute, so they have a long, curly coat about 85% of the time. Because of that, they actually sweat a lot. Um, They may or may not have an increased appetite. Um, Probably 70% of the time, their drinking and urination is increased. Um, They don't perform as well. They're quieter, more lethargic, depressed than they used to be. Um, And their belly begins to sag. They get this pot belly kind of sway back appearance because of muscle loss due to the disease. Um, and then the fat distribution changes. So they get fat in the crest of the neck, at the tailhead, in the sheath, and and these superorbital fat pads above the eyes. Um, and then we get to chronic um, infections, skin infections, pneumonia, cystitis, um, you know, can be anywhere. So they get over one infection, they get another infection. It's, you know, it's their immune system just isn't working right because of all these things running around. And the worst thing is laminitis founder. So their feet begin to hurt. They don't walk well. They sit back on their hunches. Um, and it becomes a real chore just for them to move around the stall. And, you know, we begin to suspect this, and we start to see some of these clinical signs, and they may not have all of them, but they will have at least some of them. Um, but we see those, and we see laminitis, and we don't have another explanation for it. So we say, well, let's test them for some endocrine diseases and see what's going on. And the biggest one people think about, of course, is Cushing's. The other one is metabolic syndrome, equine metabolic syndrome.
2: Okay, um, so those are two different things i um, are two different things. So is the, the Cushing's disease is a slow, like a, s- a slow rolling kind of thing, like you, one thing and then another, and then another, or do you just all of a sudden get hit with all of these things all at once?
0: No, it's generally a, an insidious, um, response. So it's it's disease, I guess I should say, it's an insidious disease coming on over a number of years. Now we think it probably starts maybe even before they're 10 years old, but we don't typically see signs in ones that age. I have seen it in a two-year-old and I have heard of it being diagnosed in a six-month-old, but those are like way outside the bell curve.
2: Wow. Wow. That's amazing. So what I was saying before the show, uh, before you came on is that I have a horse that has Cushing's and, and we kind of, my, my vet kind of started to notice it because I I called her. I'm like, listen, this horse is urinating in his stall five times as much as every other horse. And, and everybody else's stall gets dry at the end of the day and, and he's, he's, is it just I don't know, he's drinking more or I don't know what's going on. And so we started to do, um, some kind of figuring out and and it's like, oh wait, yeah, he does have a lot of extra hair and he does have that pot belly and he does have, you know, he's kind of depressed and he is incredibly hungry all the time. You know, I mean, most horses are, you know, they nicker for the feed, but like he vacuums up the hay. He's done with his hay. 10 times faster than anybody else makes me feel like I'm not feeding him enough, you know? So all of these things are going on and, um, I'm just kind of, you know, so, so the treatment, talk to us about treatment for, um, this disease.
0: So treatment is, um, a lot of it is based on husbandry. So if we know we get all these diseases, we want to do things, to try and prevent them from getting laminitis. We want to do things to try to prevent them from getting subcellular abscesses um, and chronic infections. So just keeping them healthy by deworming because they're more susceptible to parasites. We want to deworm them. We want to keep them vaccinated for all the respiratory disorders and things that they can get. Um, So a lot of it, it comes down to trying to prevent all of these bad things from happening in the first place, but most of them end up on a drug called pergolide. And pergolide used to be on the market for people, but they took it off due to some cardiac problems. Um, But now we have it back, fortunately, as an equine-specific drug, and they don't seem to get those problems. They don't get the cardiac problems that people get. So that's great that they don't. Um, And the pergolide we give is a pill every single day for the rest of their life. And what it does is it returns that function of dopamine from the hypothalamus that they don't have and makes pituitary gland return to some kind of normalcy. Um, it may never be 100% normal, but mm-hmm. it's w- much, much better. Um, there are occasional horses that will get um, little inappetence from it or even a little colicky from it at first. And so we have to back off on the dose and we start those, because typically it's a one milligram dose, we start those at maybe half a milligram. You know, Once they get over the signs, we start them at maybe half a milligram and then gradually work them up to the one milligram dose. Um, There are some horses that don't respond to one milligram um, and may need two or even three milligrams. And that's getting to be a lot. You can get some side effects, more severe side effects, like... They simply won't eat ever. They colic from it. Um, Is
2: diarrhea a symptom?
0: And diarrhea can happen, yes. Yeah, so, you know, we try not to let that pergolide dose get up too high. Um, There's a newer drug called cabergoline that's on the market, Um, and it's a long-acting dopamine agonist. And for horses that don't respond well to... um, pergolide, which I have to say is pretty unusual, but does happen, um, we can consider that drug in use for those horses. And that
2: what's that called?
0: Cabergoline.
2: Cabergoline. And is that uh, like an injectable or is it a feed-through? And uh, what's the price point on that? Because I know at this point, because we did the half a milligram on chili for, for a while, and then we started noticing the urination started coming back pretty heavy and his stall was wet all the time. So we have now gone up to a one milligram and he's good, but that's about a dollar a day. So how does it average out with the, the other drug? I'm taking notes. If You can't tell
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> Should have anticipated that question. I really didn't. Um, it's more expensive than pergolide. I can, I can say that it's generally given by injection about once a week. Um, But there are some oral formulations out there there as well. Um, But it is more expensive than pergolide. So we try to stick with pergolide whenever possible.
2: Gotcha. Okay. Well, he's eating a little pill. I mean, my gosh, you just take a handful of grain uh, with a pill on it and hand it to him. He just eats it right up. They don't even notice it's so tiny. So um, fantastic. This is... This is great information. Now give me like some sort of like positive news at the end of this because I'm kind of feeling a little depressed <laughs> right now, honestly. So Well, so uh, the, the good news is like... it's okay, go. Yeah, go it's here.
0: perfectly manageable disease. You know, people come in here and they say, Oh my god, it's a death sentence diagnosis. It isn't. Um, particularly once we treat it, once we know what's going on and we get it treated, we can get all of that infection under control. We can get their feet under control. I've seen ponies that come in here. They're just chronically laminitic and nobody can get them under control. We figure out they've got cushions. We put them on pergolide and lo and behold, the laminitis systems finally resolve, um, you know, so that's that's the good news of it is that we can control it for many, many years uh, by these medications and by upping our husbandry, you know, keeping them clipped, keeping them well, keeping them vaccinated and dewormed, um, all of those things. And and watching the grass, of course, too, particularly in the springtime with the lush grass. You know, then we know not to put them out on all that lush grass. We put a grazing muzzle on them or we dry lot them or whatever it takes to, them um, from getting out there and, and redoing the laminitis in particular. So we, you know, no foot, no horse is a very true thing. So very manageable disease. I have many, many horses on pergolite, and they do wonderful. They can continue their showing careers, um, you know, take the kids around the property, go on a nice trail ride, any of that stuff.
2: Perfect. Perfect. Okay, that's the good news that I needed at the end. Thank you, Doctor Burke. <laughs> <laughs> it's very manageable. He's not going to die tomorrow. Okay, not going to die. <laughs>
0: well, not for a uh, long time.
2: Oh, thanks, Doctor Burke. Doctor Brian Burke of the Fox Run or Fun Run Equine Center in <laughs> Pennsylvania. The phone number there is. Uh, do I, I don't I guess I don't need to give out the number. What's your website?
0: Uh, Foxrunequinecenter dot
2: Fantastic. If you guys live in the area, call Dr. Burke. He's uh, a wealth of information. Thank you very much, uh, Dr. Burke. And we will look forward to talking to you again soon.
1: And that about wraps it up. This podcast was made possible by Wintech Saddles and the generous support of listeners like you learn how you can help support horse radio network programming and qualify for perks by going to horsetipdaily.com daily.com and clicking on the become an auditor banner in the center of the page sometimes it's on the right you never know this is coach jen and i will be back again soon with another tip until then go ride your horse the horse radio network and the horse radio network hosts are not responsible for statements made by guests on the horse tip daily please use your own judgment when listening to the tips on this show